Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. All right, Wednesday edition, Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN as we edge closer to opening day. Fingers crossed. I think it can be done. I'm hopeful. I'm keeping the faith. I hope you are as well. Welcome into the show. Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com. Get really good uh, response when Brian is on the show. And so we're going to have him coming up on the program. The Air Comfort Service text line is open for you. You make me think, so you hear some of the sound bites, my reaction to those, some of my opinions. And I want to get yours as well because you guys are really smart. I'm doing radio. That means I'm not really smart. So help me out. 65780-65780 or a Rhino Shield mic drop as well. So we had to wait last night for the Cardinals to uh, make sure that everything was safe and healthy and get the test back and then get the guys on the field. They got another workout in. Good to see that Carlos Martinez is back. He's going to be on the field tonight. Cardinals will have a workout again tonight. And uh, most teams are back, and they're trying to get the safety, the protocols, the testing, some fluidity to that and consistency with that across Major League Baseball, and then get it to opening day. I mentioned the other day that 24, 48 hours, 72 hours, if they can get through that and get through the weekend, which they did, with some bumps in the road, they could probably pull this thing off. Well, we're starting to see that. John Mosellock on getting the testing right. You know, Major League Baseball understands the difficulty of these logistics. And, you know, we can spend a lot of time trying to decide who we want to blame and, and, and point fingers. But, um, you know, we learned from the last few days and, you know, hopefully we have more smooth sailing moving forward. I would say on a positive note um, that all our tests came back negative, which is good news. Bingo. That's number one. Health, safety, negative tests. So that means guys are on the field. And and the other thing, too, is I think there's been, you know, clearly the, the older players taking the younger players aside and saying, look, it's a house of cards. We, we now are being tested. You are seeing uh, tangible results, literally tangible results, negative, positive, that if you go out and you're at the bars or you're doing things that we're asking you not to do, um, that's a problem. So be safe. Be as responsible as you can because if it's brought in the clubhouse, then other guys get it, and then all of a sudden, uh-oh, we got a problem. So it's about the education of that with the younger players. So... You know, we're getting there. It's it's a work in progress, but it seems that this could possibly work. It seems like it could possibly work. We all want to work in the right direction, see it happen, see Major League Baseball come back. So to the product on the field, the St. Louis Cardinals, the roster, we've heard about a couple of uh, positive tests. So those guys quarantine. Then they have a couple of negative tests. They get back on the field. The roster, it's starting to take shape a little bit for John Mosellock. You know, we certainly like our roster when we were going into spring training, liked what we were seeing when we were in spring training 1.0. And, you know, we've been at spring training 2.0. And I would say it's a little early to make any major decisions or, or um, conclusions based on what we've seen. But we have two and a half weeks to prepare for uh, opening day, and we'll try to make the most of it. So two and a half weeks, pitching starting to come together, get a 
little better idea about that when they watch Carlos Martinez, because when you think about pitching, where does Carlos Martinez go? Mention it in the crossover with Randy and Michelle. Normal season, spring training, uh, looking at the end of March in April, he was in the rotation. Now, with Jordan Hicks on the injured list, coming back from Tommy John, uh, we know that that's not going to happen. He's not going to be the closer. We also know that Giovanni Gallegos, who could be a closer, isn't here. Ryan Helsley, that's an option. Short season, 60 games. Do you just say, look, Carlos, 60 games, we know what you can do in the back end. That is something we know for sure. We don't know about Ryan Helsley as a closer, but we do know what you can do. So you're our closer for 60 games. We appreciate that you're in shape. We appreciate you did everything you could to be a starter. However, that's a given. We know what you can do as a closer, so we're putting you there. Normal season, you would have been a starter, but that's going to have to be figured out in the next two and a half weeks. Speaking of Carlos Martinez. To, to try to answer the Carlos question you know, two hours after he reported is probably a bit unfair because I don't know exactly where he is physically. I don't know um, how far he's stretched out. But in, in, in terms of, of who may close if, if Carlos is in the rotation, I think it's a fair question, a good question. I think you know, we have time to determine that. But we certainly feel like we have some horsepower down there with guys like Helsley, somebody like a Gallegos who threw very well for us last year. So I, I think when you look at sort of the combination of what we have, I think we're going to be able to answer that question. But I, I think, you know, before you have to answer that, you're going to have to understand what those five starters look like as well. Gallego's not here. Reyes, apparently, I believe, in St. Louis, but not in camp yet. And Jordan Hicks, as I mentioned, on the injured list. Now the schedule. The Cardinals play 40 games inside the division, 20 in interleague play, American League Central opponents. Buster Olney of ESPN talked about the schedule as a whole. That first series, Yankees and Nationals. And yes, they'll be part of the broadcast team on July 23rd. But look, these are two teams that come into this year with high expectations. The Yankees, the best team on paper that we've seen in maybe 20 years. The Nationals, the defending champions, Garrett Cole versus Max Scherzer. But it'd also be the first time that we get that feel for the accelerated aspect of this, where, you know, two wins for either team, two straight losses, and anxiety will start to kick in. And on top of that, if, in fact, we have that game, then it'll be the first indication, yes, baseball, after a bumpy road down the runway, is starting to take off. He's right, because once baseball's on the field and you're watching on your television, um, not that you don't look at it and you say, man, this is odd. There's no fans and seems a little stale because you're not hearing crowd noise. It's different. It's going to definitely be different. I was watching the uh, Yankees inter-squad game the other night and it's different, but yet there are faces and people that you recognize and names. So that part is cool to see baseball back on the field, but it's going to be different. But the thing is, it's baseball and the games count. They count every wins about 2.7 wins. And that's the cool part about it, the race to the finish. So when you think about the Central Division, uh, in my mind, it's four teams that have a legitimate shot. Cardinals obviously being one of them. Uh, Three out of the four really catch your attention. Reds, I I like them a lot. And now with the DH in play, like them even better. Uh, I think defense would have been an issue for them. But now if you have the DH, 
you can make up a little bit for that because Moustakas could be your DH. And think about filling up that hole at second base. That's where he might have played. So DH helps them. The Cubs are fascinating to me. You know, what do you do if you're the Chicago Cubs and all the free agents potentially coming up after next year? And, you know, are they open for business, especially if they're not playing well? What teams might be open for business just in general because of the economics looking forward after this year? What teams might take on some of those contracts? And for the Cardinals, can they hit? They're going to pitch. I believe that. They're going to pitch. But can they hit? Interesting to watch as this season goes on. Yesterday on Ribs and BK, we know, and let's give hockey a lot of credit here. During a pandemic, they get a CBA done. So four-year extension, CBA is done. And now the big question, if you're a Blues fan, what happens to the captain? Alex Petrangelo and uh, the... The show yesterday had Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic on. By the way, JR will be in studio for an hour with me on Friday talking Blues hockey, and let's hope they get their season back. Blues will be in Edmonton in that bubble, and uh, they talked about the future, maybe possible extension for the Blues captain. The league paused a week, seven days before the league paused. They said that it could go up between 84 and $88 million next year. That's an extra $5.5, 6000000 million in cap space for Doug Armstrong trying to get Alex Petrangelo re-signed if indeed it would have went up to $88 million. So, you know, that's a significant chunk. I'm going to have a piece up at The Athletic maybe later today, maybe tomorrow, that just kind of takes a look at how this affects the Blues salary cap moving forward. Uh, to my knowledge, no recent negotiations between Alex Petrangelo and the Blues, even though we now know what the cap's going to be moving forward. I've said it for weeks and weeks. Army's going to have to be a magician to move the money to make it possible to re-sign Alex Petrangelo if indeed that's what his plan is. One thing Army's got, guts. He'll make it happen. It, it's such a fine line of loyalty, if you want to call it that, or where your heart goes as a fan and saying, well, he's the first guy that brought the cup as a captain to St. Louis. You know, the back end of that contract could look nasty because he's not the same player that he was now and you're six or seven years down the line. And for him, you know, what does it mean to stay in St. Louis? Wife is from St. Louis. Uh, Kids are born here, brought the cup here. Statue could be outside of Enterprise Center here. What does that mean to you? Or are you just trying to get every last dollar? Or you just take the one-year deal, roll the dice, and hit the free agency market. It is fascinating to think about what could happen with Alex. Love to see him stay here. I really would. I'd love to see him stay here. Uh, the 314, if Alex Reyes has a impressive camp. Well, we're running out of time. That's number one. But back to your question, and his stuff is where it needs to be. Could he be the closer? I've always thought that. The problem was... Um, Alex was inconsistent in spring training. So I, I believe he would have gone down to AAA. And if he would have gotten consistent with his stuff, you would have seen him at some point this year. So he would have an inning that you'd go, that's the Alex Reyes I saw three or four years ago. And then there'd be one pitch and there'd be a runner on and it's a two run homer. And that's the problem with major league hitters. They don't miss those pitches. And there's other times with major league hitters, he'd make them look foolish It's all about consistency. It's there. The stuff is there. 
And I mean, it's dominant, but he's got to be consistent. And when you're talking about back ends of games, he's got to be more consistent. That's the problem right now with Alex Reyes. But the good news was he was healthy. It's about being more consistent. Uh, Danny Mack, love the show. 636, who is your X factor this season? Mine is Carlson. Um, My X factor could be Carlos Martinez back into the games. It'll be a closer uh, trying to figure that out as you go forward. I think Kim could be really intriguing in the rotation. League hasn't seen him if he's in the rotation, and I think it's edging that way. If Carlos is your closer, he would be the guy that's in. Um, X factor would also have to be, you know, looking at left field. If Carlson is not here and I, I, they're going to give Tyler O'Neill every chance. So you got to think that O'Neill's an X factor. If he produces and can be the player that they expect, that's a huge X factor uh, for St. Louis. It could be massive for them. Consistency. They got to see consistency out of Tyler O'Neill. He would be definitely an X factor for me. Uh, Jason Tatum, the St. Louis native, playing for the Boston Celtics. Incredible talent out of Chaminade. Loved what he had to say here as he met with the uh, the assembled media of the uh, Boston Celtics. I seen that there were reports out there that said I wasn't going to play because of my contract, and then I saw reports that said that was a lie and. You know, I never, I never talked to anybody about that or said I was or wasn't going to play because of my contract. And I knew that if I didn't play without, you know, people hearing why, you know, I wasn't going to play, I knew they would assume that I didn't want to play because I didn't want to risk, you know, losing out on, you know, that that contract. And that would be insensitive, especially during this time with so many people who are filed for unemployment. You know, for me to be worried about, you know, X amount of dollars. Isn't that refreshing? Seriously, isn't that refreshing to hear an athlete that he's already made a ton of money? He's a a young man that has made a ton of money on his contract and also on endorsements. And I've read a lot about what he does with his money. He saves a lot of it, doesn't spend a lot of it. My understanding, I don't know that personally, just going on what I read. But with all these people dealing with unemployment and hardship, you know, The last thing I want to hear about is I got to get mine. I don't know about you. I don't want to hear about it. I'm sick of hearing about it. Sick of it. And to hear that guy talk about that I don't want to talk about it. That's what he said. Because so many people are dealing with hardships. I appreciate that. I found it refreshing. I don't know if you did, but I do. So I applaud Mr. Tatum. Well done. That's why I thought I should play it. Well done. What do you think, Tanner? It is refreshing to hear that. Yes. Uh, especially after all we heard with baseball and fighting over money. Yes. Hearing an athlete who's going to get a Supermax contract like that. It's and has made a ton of money. To yes, it's great to hear that. Yes. I applaud you. Thank you for saying that. Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Rhino Shield, mic drop. Want to get your thoughts on that. We're going to talk a little baseball with uh, Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com. Always get great response when he's on. Uh, hopefully you uh, enjoyed the opening monologue, some of the thoughts that I have on the teams in the Central. And again, want to see baseball. We're about two and a half weeks away testing, trying to get ironed out in MLB. They're doing their best. 
Obviously, there's been some bumps in the road, but trying to smooth it out, not easy. We're in a pandemic. But again, I also applaud the players that are going down to Bush Stadium and doing this and across MLB and those that haven't opted out. And if you have opted out, I get it. There's personal reasons. That's fine. Don't begrudge those folks either. Just want to see it happen. Try to make it happen. We're back with more on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. It is a Wednesday, and as we always do, we have the chance to visit with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. And Brian is an expert on the minor leagues, emphasis on the Cardinals, but also on uh, Major League Baseball and a look at what's happening around the majors, but certainly with the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, you think about what's going on with the minor leagues. We know that season is gone. It's it's over for 2020, but Brian, I know you've been following what's happening with the Cardinals. You're covering it at thecardinalnation.com. You're you're on the Zoom calls. You're, you're finding out where uh, some of these players may fit on the roster, whether it be at Springfield or on the Major League Club, the taxi squad as well. Uh, first and foremost, by the way, uh, good morning to you. How are things going? Great, Dan. It's an exciting time. Uh, we're all going through a lot of new experiences here uh, with baseball. And as you mentioned, I'm very interested in knowing what's happening in the major leagues, but also those minor leaguers as part of the 48 in camp now, uh, and many of whom will, of course, uh, be down at Springfield at Summer Camp South. Well, general imp- impressions of what's going on with Major League Baseball, what, what have you thought? I mean, there's been bumps in the road, clearly, with testing. Cardinals had a, a day in which they had to shut down camp. Other teams, other organizations have had that. What do you think of what's happening right now with Major League Baseball? Well, it's unfortunate that uh, some time was lost because of the holiday weekend and uh, issues apparently in the courier system used. And there was likely, again, this is just my speculation, but there was likely a big backlog of tests that had to be done on Monday, and that, that caused things to be delayed. But the team seems to have handled it well. They're through three workouts now. They have 17 to go. And uh, Mike Schilt and John Mozeliak are very upbeat on progress being made and uh, believe that you know the team will be able to be ready for opening day. I will say on the on the testing, you know, there's this huge backlog of tests that have to occur on what they call the intake process. That's when the players report. And there's a two-part test there. There's a saliva test and a blood and antibody test. And those tests have to be completed and come back negative before players are allowed to participate. So, for example, Carlos Martinez, who we didn't see at all, he was one of the players that, that had his test done last Friday. And unfortunately, they didn't realize until you know this afternoon for sure that his tests had all come back negative. So he was allowed to participate and, and throw a bullpen. In terms of uh, trying to cover this, we know that the media is up in the press box uh, towards the top of the stadium and uh, there's no interaction with the players like you normally would have in a clubhouse before and after a game or around a batting cage in the dugout. What is this like right now for the media and what you've been dealing with and trying to, to find the information from the team and from players? What's it like, the Zoom calls? Well, for those who, who are in St. Louis, of course, it's frustrating to be able to have to be in the press box, but as Tier 3 uh, people, that's the way the, pro- the protocols are in place. Let's hope that as things get better and things get into a groove, that the media will have more direct access. But right now, uh, you know, we're all on Zoom, which benefits those of us who, who aren't able to be there all the time. And uh, typically <clears throat> what happens is John Mozeliak speaks with us every couple of days. Uh, Mike Schilt always every day. And then uh, certain players come up and speak. Uh, so, for example, on Tuesday, sort of the three injured players from camp 
pitchers, Miles Michaelis, uh, Andrew Miller, and Brett Cecil all through. And uh, Miller had spoke with us before, so Michaelis and Cecil uh, came up and spent time and answered uh, all the questions that everybody had. In terms of some of these Zoom calls, um, anything stand out for you, whether it be uh, you know questions about what they're doing off the field, the testing, or even some of the things and the competition on the field? Well, Miles Michael has talked about you know the fact that he's a little bit behind the others because of his uh, problem in spring camp. So he's hoping to get up to three innings and fifty pitches next time out. Whereas you know some of the other starters, they're going to hope to get them closer to a hundred uh, by the time that they're done with camp. Uh, certainly, the news from Brett Cecil was that he has picked up a submarine delivery, something that he had thrown before in college to warm up, but got away from it as a pro. And he seems to like how it's working. Uh, he threw with Michaelis out of Florida, and Michaelis liked it. Um, most importantly, Maddox likes it and gave him some tips. So Cecil is enthused about that. And, uh, you know, he thinks that will give him the best chance to make the team. So that kind of news every day. But, and of course, you know, Sheldon Mazalock shared with us sort of the bigger picture of what's happening in the testing and the rosters and that type of thing. In terms of Carlos Martinez, it looks like he could return today and uh, Alex Reyes maybe not that far away. Is that the impression you got with this too? <clears throat> well, yeah, Carlos Martinez was able to throw, throw a bullpen on Tuesday. And so they'll see how he bounces back. But the potential for him to throw again is probably Thursday, Friday. Uh, Alex Reyes, all we're told is he's not present. He's out. So, uh, you know, we don't really know any more than that. And, of course, there are the three players who uh, tested uh, positive but are asymptomatic, and that's Genesis Cabrera, Ricardo Sanchez, and Ularis Montero. And then uh, Giovanni Gallegos is, uh, remains in Mexico. So when, when you start thinking about back into bullpen, 60-game season, rotation, and Mike Schilt has indicated it looks like he wants to go with a five-man rotation, not a piggyback, not a six-man rotation. It's always a question now. It seems like the last couple of uh, spring trainings, if you will, or in this case, a summer camp going into a season, where does Carlos Martinez fit? How, how do you think he fits into the picture, Brian Walton, as you evaluate this potential roster? Well, it's interesting because both Mike Schilt and John Mozeliak spoke about Carlos Martinez directly. Uh, Mike Schilt talked about the fact that they had spoken with Carlos before about him needing to have consistent habits uh, in the weight room and training and recovery to build up his stamina. Because we all know the reason he wasn't able to start last year was his stamina wasn't there. And they felt that he displayed that in March and that, you know, that he is, in Mike Schultz's words, has more than earned the opportunity to start. He earned that in spring training. But now it's up to the calendar to see, you know, how quick he can get ready. And so they'll need to, you know, evaluate him today to see how he bounced back from that first session. In terms of the role, um, John Mozeliak, you know, agreed that the question of who's going to quotation is up in the air. And he specifically called out Ryan Helsley and uh, Giovanni Gallegos as candidates and, you know, noted that they need to first, you know, sort out the rotation and the closer is, a, you know, an open question right now. How about DH? What, what direction do you think the Cardinals go with the DH with this roster? Well, what Mike Schilder said is that he plans to uh, use it as a rotational opportunity for starters to get a day off, but also to give it bats to some of the players who don't start every day. And that he doesn't expect that there'll be one person who will hold that job initially, but he expressed a hope that someone will step up and run with it. And so, you know, it's a it's an open question. It's a good question to have. Uh, Matt Carpenter was asked specifically about his feelings about it the other day, and he said, "Hey, you know, he's he's ready to do anything and everything that they ask him to do, uh, and that includes being at the H if if needed." 
It, it is interesting how this whole thing has to come into uh, and come to fruition with basically 14 to 16 days uh, remaining. And I, I mean everything. You've got to get rosters. You've got to get guys healthy. Uh, and, you know, primarily you've got to get the testing right. Do you think they can pull this off, Brian, as you're talking to many of your counterparts around the, the country that cover baseball? What, what's your general impression? Well, what I can say is that, you know, this snafu with the testing was, was disappointing. And, you know, the number of negative tests and the guys opting out was certainly concerning. But I will observe that, hey, you know, once they're past this intake testing, remember, all these guys were coming in from literally all over the country and all over the world. Now they're in St. Louis or they're in their major league city. They're going to be in their environment. And, you know, you would hope that the number of positive tests that occur uh, going forward will will drop just because everybody's now together and they're not out in the general population. Uh, but, of course, you know, the the whole issue of health and safety is going to be the driver as to whether this season is played or not. And there's a lot of skepticism and concern that, you know, the more named players that either choose to sit out or in the case of first baseman Freddie Freeman from the Braves who, you know, get sick and just can't play. Opt out. Uh, we've heard that an awful lot. Do you think we're going to have more opt outs this week or leading up to opening day? What do you think? I think both. I think we'll have more this week, and I think we'll have more leading up to opening day, and we can have more after opening day. Uh, one question that John Mozeliak was asked was, hey, is there a deadline for players to opt out? And he said not to the best of his knowledge. So, you know, let's say Mike Trout decides to start the season, but his wife goes into labor. You know, he's out of here. So, you know, there's no way to plan or to know each day what the new news is going to be because even guys who are in camp in a number of cases, not among the Cardinals, but, it, you know, and on other teams have said, yeah, I'm here, but I'm not sure I'm going to stay yet. And I'm nervous. And certainly this, these testing problems over the weekend did not make players feel comfortable. And, you know, John Mozeliak acknowledged that the reason that they did not go on the field on Monday was that the players and the coaches were not comfortable going out to practice because without those test results. We were talking the other day. There are players out there, and some of them have major league time, and some are some names that fans recognize and they may get together in Nashville and and come together and try to stay sharp in case a major league team needs them uh, for a particular position and they could be added. Go into that a little bit. I think fans would find this curious. What what are you finding out about that? Yeah, there was a rumor for some time that, that um, baseball was working with the Nashville Sounds, which is Oakland's triple uh, A team to come up with some type of a, of a minor league camp for those players who are not signed to contracts. And, you know, in a lot of cases, as we saw, the Cardinals released 33 players last month. A number of other organizations also had similar, most all organizations had similar types of, of drops. So there's a lot of very good experienced players right now who are out of work and aren't going to get signed anytime soon. So in Nashville, they're talking about having a two team minor league that would be played there uh, with a roughly 20 to 24 players who are unemployed, as you said, a lot of them have recent time in the majors. And because they're recently uh, have been cut loose, they have health insurance through Cobra, which is a, you know, a big issue in terms of risk in, in playing in this type of a, an environment. And they're also going to have another uh, similar league down in Texas in the, the independent Sugarland Skeeters are going to run that. And they're talking about having as many as four teams, but it will, of course, depend on the number of players they can recruit. Now, some of these players are keeping in the back of their mind that if, you know, some of the teams um, um, 
who have their 60-man pools create openings that they might get signed and you know be brought back into the affiliated umbrella. So that's their motivation to want to continue to play this year. In terms of the schedule, uh, we know that they'll play uh, 40 games inside the division, 20 interleague games, I guess, is the best way to put it. But what do you, what do you think of the schedule and the 60 games and how it's laid out? Well, first of all, we knew you know, all along that the Cardinals would play in the Central Divisions, both the National League Central as well as the American League Central. So on one hand, they play you know, a couple of strong teams like uh, the Minnesota Twins, who's the defending champion there. But they also get to play a couple of teams that lost well over 100 games last year in the Kansas City Royals and the Detroit Tigers. And the Royals being the Cardinals' rivalry game, uh, they play them six times. Um, the Pirates are also not expected to be uh, – particularly competitive this year. So, you know, overall the Cardinals schedule is fairly good, but, uh, it, you know, fairly, e- I don't want to say easy, but less difficult maybe than some of the others based on last year. But again, so the other teams in the division are as well. Now, there was some consternation when the schedule came out because, for example, the 10 games that the Cardinals play the Cubs, uh, only one of those series is in St. Louis. So seven of those 10 games are played in Chicago. But on the flip side of the coin, the Cincinnati Reds and Great American Ballpark, which is a tough place uh, for pitchers, the Cardinals only play there three times out of ten. So overall, you know, the schedule is is wonky, but it's just one more odd thing in, in another year. And you know, when it gets right down to it, most of the prognosticators who look at the division can't see a great amount of difference between the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Reds. It's going to come down to just a few games here and there. I was saying this, and I don't know if you agree with it. Um, I said home field advantage. Don't look at having the final at bat, even though in a baseball game that's clear. That's that's important. You know the nooks and crannies of your home ballpark. That's important. But home field advantage in the middle of a pandemic, how comfortable you feel of being able to truly go to your home bed and how comfortable you feel being at home, literally your home, and how important that is. I don't know. I think early on, I think that's kind of important. What do you am I am I crazy thinking that? But what do you what do you think? I think you're right, Dan. And you know, the mental side of the game is something that we can't assess. Right? We can watch players, we can look at their stats, but we don't know what's going on between their two ears. And certainly, some guys are going to be concerned about the travel. They're going to be concerned about the hotels and the buses and the air flights. Um, another factor, I think, on this home field advantage point is. How does the team fit in the ballpark, right? That's the Cardinals right. are a, primarily a pitching-oriented team. So, you know, playing more games in Bush and less games in Great American, you know, is a positive thing, I think. And so, you know, you also want to look at, you know, how the team lines up to its environment. But that comfort level, that base comfort level, you know, is going to be so important for all these athletes on all these teams. In, in terms of the minor leagues, a couple more questions, I'll let you go. But um, so it was about this time last week, the minor leagues shut it down for the year. Um, I don't know about you, but I get the feeling that these players that will not be added to, let's say, and I'm going to use the Cardinals as an example, but uh, the taxi squad or being down in Springfield, whatever the case may be, that a lot of these guys are going to be looking for at-bats or innings or competition. We're going to see the Arizona Fall League with maybe more players than they know what to do with or winter ball for sure. Um, there's there's going to be guys looking for, for time to play and maybe pickup games or some sort of competition. Are you hearing that right now, too? Yeah, there, there are. I'm hearing a lot of informal discussion about minor leaguers playing pickup games. Not unlike the major leaguers did, right? We heard about Goldschmidt and you know, some of the, some of the uh, top 
uh, players that were you know were getting together during the during the downtime. Minor leaguers are doing that as well, but they're you know trying to keep a lower profile because let's face it, these guys are taking risk. And I'm not talking about the you know Nolan Gorman types. Who, but I'm talking about some of the guys who, you know, would might be worried that on, you know, that they might get injured and that could affect their their his, their their employment. But on the other hand, they need to stay fresh. They need to play. Now you mentioned the Arizona Fall League. Uh, you know, that's an invitational league that's typically played in the fall, and each organization sends seven or eight players to that league. You know, the rumors are that maybe they'll do something in Florida and Arizona both, and each major league organization will field an entire roster. However, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion, if, you know, I haven't talked to anybody about this, this is going to require all 30 organizations to be willing to bring, you know, 30 guys into, uh, you know, their spring training facility and play a structured league. And, you know, if not all the organizations want to participate, would they go ahead anyway? Don't know. I think what's more likely is that the Cardinals, you know, would run some kind of instructional camp where they might do some, you know, scrimmages and that kind of thing, more like what's being done in these summer camps. But, you know, it would be wonderful if there, was a, if there was a fall league and, you know, these guys could get some playing time in a year that really for the minor leagues has been totally lost. Finally, Brian, what are you working on at thecardinalnation.com? Well, Derek Shore's got a feature up uh, about uh, the 100-mile-an-hour pitcher that uh, from the Dominican that the Cardinals signed recently we talked about last week, Edwin Nunez. Uh, he talked with the Cardinals international director, Luis Morales, and so we've got a lot of insight on a young man that's uh, that's drawn a lot of attention. It's very exciting. Uh, we're continuing our minor league history series with the top hitting and pitching leaders over time, our draft history by round. So, you know, and of course we're, you know, interleaving uh, information about the new players. I didn't mention that Zach Thompson, Rob Kaminsky, and Seth Elledge have been added to the to the big league camp. So a uh, quick story about them and their backgrounds and how they'll fit in as well. Always great to visit every Wednesday with Brian Walden. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. There's no equivalent to LeBron in baseball. Not just the, the nature's the nature of the two sports is just so different. But I do think Mike Trout, because of the stature he holds in the game, uh, the way other backhands him, the fact that he clearly loves to play, that he's so even keel. Um, if he were to say, I don't know that this is safe, I do think it would have an impact. We have to recognize that young players can't afford to opt out. They need to play. They need the money. Uh, but there are a lot of players in the game who have made their money and are financially secure and very well could be looking for guidance from people like that. So I, I don't think it's LeBron, but I do think he carries major weight. Hall of Fame writer, and that's Jason Stark. He was on this morning with Randy and Michelle on Carricker and Smallman talking about if Mike Trout opted out now mike trout and his wife are expecting a child and he has said whether this was a normal season or not he was going to step aside if and when that took place and see the birth of his child uh no one would fault him for that he has not opted out he has been running the bases and when he does he's got a face mask on or if he's shagging flies he's got a face mask on um and I agree with him. I mean, no one has the cachet like LeBron. If LeBron said, I'm not going down to the bubble, the bubble may collapse in the NBA. Probably would. Probably would. Um, In baseball, 
to his point, and I think the greater point is this, players need to make money. I think it's something like 65% of Major League players make under a million dollars. So the young players are going to say, that's great, Mike. You've made over a million dollars, or a hundred million, I should say. You've got a $400 million contract, and if you don't want to play, that's fine for you, but I need to stay sharp. And by the way, I need to make money. So opt out, if you will, but I'm playing. And that's what they're going to say. And that's what I think the majority of players are going to do. That's what I believe. And if he wants to opt out, that's fine. Um, I think it's a good sign we haven't seen in the last 48 hours a lot of guys opting out as the testing has been hitting bumps in the road. That is a good sign. This morning, they also asked, what would you do if you had Patrick Mahomes' contract? Let's say you maxed it out, so it's, what, over $500 million? Lisa, with her thoughts. When the Cubs were coming to town, I would buy all the extra seats so there would be as few of Cub fans as possible in the stadium. Like that. And all the tickets would be donated to kids so that we maybe get some kids involved with baseball better. Well, the Cardinals have done a good job with that anyway. If you if you go down to a ball game, um, there are all kinds of, of kids that are at the ballpark. Um, and Major League Baseball, for the most part, has done that too. Just sending a kid down to a ball game is not necessarily going to make them a baseball fan. Gives them a great night out. That's good. Got to get them playing. And there are you know so many different ways that we've talked about of trying to get kids involved in the game. Not an easy thing to do. Uh, putting a glove in their hand and, and saying, go get them. You got to have other participants to play catch, to go play baseball. Uh, get them on a, a park. Get them on a diamond. Um, it's not as easy as just saying, go. Um, But I do give the Cardinals a ton of credit. They have tried and tried and tried. And those ball fields that they have dedicated, kids are playing in Redbird Rookies, which has got over 5,000 kids uh, locally playing in those leagues, um, which is way more than just playing baseball. It's about um, health and etiquette and different things to get uh, get them involved in the arts and culture and things of that nature. I've seen it firsthand. Um, It's very cool what they're trying to do. But yeah, trying to get kids involved in the game of baseball, I'm worried about it because we're seeing it's an older sport, typically older people watching it and trying to get younger people involved. But back to what Jason Stark was talking about, a lot of younger kids, um, if you asked him, okay, what are your top 10 athletes you follow? They would be NBA players. They'd be um, NFL players. And unfortunately, you wouldn't hear a lot of Mike Trout. Now, Mike Trout plays on the West Coast. That's a problem. His games are late at night, but MLB has got to market their stars and the stars have to be wanted to be marketed. That's a problem too. But LeBron has done an amazing job of marketing himself and the NBA has done an incredible job of marketing him. It's a machine. Um, So that's got to happen too. It's a two way street. So uh, let's see, Danny Mack, uh, best athlete you've covered or one of the great athletes that um, you've seen in pure athleticism. Hmm. All right, I'll give you one that you will not, and I'm not sure he's the best, but I'll give you a guy that I saw put on a show one night, and his name is Ronnie Fields. It was a high school kid out of Farragut High School in Chicago. It was the uh, shootout, the Coca-Cola shootout at the old, I think it was the old arena. It might have been Keel. I was doing the game. Ronnie Fields, high school legend out of Farragut in Chicago. Un real how good that young man was yeah i'll go ronnie fields some of you may know who he is and it may show my age too yeah ronnie fields tanner's like what 
No idea who that is. Yeah, Google it. Yeah, Google it. Ribs is outside the studio. That means it's time to cross it over. We'll do it next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time now for the crossover. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Your best choice for quality tires and expert auto service. Dobbs, the crossover on 101 ESPN. Ribs and BK, they're coming up next. They'll have you from 11 till 2, and then the fast lane on 101 ESPN. All right, uh, BK, have you uh, come down from the Patrick Mahomes extension? You okay? No, no, definitely oh, haven't come down. Probably won't for the next uh, at least 12 years or so. Yeah. So that's, okay. uh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. It's been good. Are, are you going to see him on the field, though, this year? What do you think? I think we'll see him. Uh, will we see him finish the season? That That is more in question, but I think they will start the season. I have a lot of faith in all of these sports starting the season. The trouble is going to be finishing them. I think if baseball can get through this week because they're, they're starting to, I, I really do. I think if they start to smooth out the testing, we're starting and, and guys aren't opting out. I know Tanner's over there like, you know, laughing. Don't do that, Tanner. Um, <laughs> Come on, T-Bone. Because if they can get, if they can smooth it out and get into a rhythm of this, and they know the severe, like the younger guys understand the severity, the Blues popping with four players. I mean, you you get it now. It's like okay, we get it, and guys understand it. And I'm not saying the virus didn't find its way in. I mean, look, I get it, but there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. That's how I'm saying it. There's a chance that you know, hey, we understand. There's a player that gets it. He quarantines. I mean, look, it's going to happen, but. They've made it to where there's a chance, and it's not. Is it far fetched? No, it can happen, especially in a bubble situation. So I, I mean, look, as I've said from day one, I'm going to try to stay positive until they tell me this thing shut down, and that's I, that's how you have to look at it. I'm the most optimistic about the NHL. Um, talking with all of the hockey guys that we have, and talking with Jamie, both on and off air. That's that's the situation that I feel the most confident in. First of all, because they're not playing here; um, they're playing in Canada, where the situation is much better when it comes to COVID, mm-hmm. and their bubbles seem to be less penetrable than the other sports in the way that they're going to do it. Baseball is just going everywhere. Basketball has a situation where the Disney employees are not even being tested while they're down there. Yeah. So who knows what that's going to result with? The MLS thing has given me pause for caution with the NBA. That that one's caught my attention for sure. So what do you got coming up? Coming up today, we got you coming up at noon. We also have uh, Craig Button. Excited about that one. He's going to join us coming up at 1230. I want to ask him. We've had a lot of different um, beliefs, perspectives on Petrangelo and his future here in St. Louis. So I want to ask Craig Button about that coming up at 1230. All right. Looking forward to it. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.